Ruby light at the root of my tongue Opening song line sung from the mother of the sapphire light at the seat of my heart Timelines healing codes revealing an amethyst light in the crest of my eye Violet flame burns bright with the wise and emerald light in the palm of my hands Flowing forth to restore these lands in the citrine light and the sun of my hearth. Amber warming, star seeds forming in diamond light in the bones of my spine. Rivers rising, bliss igniting, ruby light at the root of my tongue. Opening song line sung from the mother of the sapphire light in the seat of my heart. Timelines healing, codes revealing in amethyst light in the crest of my eye. Violet flame burns bright with the wise and emerald light in the palm of my hands. Flowing forth to restore these lands in the citrine light. In the sun of my heart, amber warming, star seeds forming in diamond light in the bones of my spine. Rivers rising, bliss igniting, ruby light at the root of my tongue. Opening song line sung from the mother of the sapphire light in the seat of my heart. Timelines healing, codes revealing in amethyst light in the crest of my eye. Violet flame burns bright, those wise and emerald light in the palm of my hands. Flowing forth to restore these lands in the citrine light in the sun of my heart. Amber warming, star seeds forming in diamond light. Rivers rising, bliss igniting, ruby light at the root of my tongue. Opening song line sung from the mother of the world. Soul live love and greetings from my heart to yours. I'm Rain Ma, and this is an introduction to A Soldier's Truth podcast. I come to you humbly, not to tell you what to do on your journey. I am here simply to share some of what I've learned on my own soldiering. I'm returning to my roots as a storyteller. I speak to, for, and from the one that I am. Welcome home. I'm feeling to speak about um, some of my work as a womb shaman, a midwife, priestess, and even some of the collective um, planetary grid work that I've done in the last uh, 15 years. I think I'm speaking to it because there are ones who 
who are bringing forth star seeds and they're bringing them into their womb and they're wanting to hold space for them. And part of a sojourner's truth and me sharing some of my story is that I imagine that some of the things that I have experienced may be a little bit of a forerunner or way shower in some ways. But if you compare me to some of the star seeds that are coming earthside, <laughs> there is no comparison. They're coming in 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 ways and beyond dimensions, even what I can comprehend. Even when I work with them and I work with clients, sometimes in order to even receive their messages, they take me on a little scavenger hunt in so many ways and they upgrade my systems in order for me to receive the frequency and receive the messages that they're bringing through. So I'm constantly being, being upgraded and schooled by the new school, by the new grid kits, yeah? But for me, um, I had some questions about some of what my, my underground railroad and my planetary grid work has been. So I'll do my best to speak to that. Um, for me, as a child, I always could perceive and feel energies. You could say it's an empath. Um, I think it goes a little bit beyond that. Um, even now, as I see how I move in different things, and I've learned how to attune my energy and shut it down when I need to. But I was always able to see a person in front of me, and I could see what their soul was speaking. I could feel and see their soul's vibration. And yet I was also very much aware of the mask that they wear and what their personality was bringing forth. And this started in my own home, my own family, with my mother, my father, my brother. And as much as I had to go through my own initiations and religion and a lot of my own suppression and um, rebellion and not wanting to even hold the the light and the energies and the seeing that I had. It was part of my path. And I think I speak to it as well, again, for the new grid kids, because they're coming in and they're not really trying to waste a whole lot of time. Yeah. And so if parents are open to listening and to learning and to to saying you know not like you're just like from an ego stance you're bringing in this this being and then you're going to teach them all that you know that's really a small percentage if you can relax if you can step back a bit not that they don't need guidance yeah, I see this all the time too. I see ones who are like, oh my God, and, and they're really um, catering to the kids in a way that they're also not setting boundaries and, and, and respect in different ways. So I'm not all or nothing. I'm not like, oh, and they are the future and we should, you know, but on a, really on a sovereign level, sovereign being to sovereign being. If you know yourself to be a sovereign being, you understand that every sentient being, every 
other being on this planet, including your own children, sentient beings. You extend the respect for their sentient um, soul self. And then you govern yourselves accordingly in each moment to understand what guidance needs to come forth or what stepping back and listening and saying what guidance is coming forth to me. It's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. But the children that are coming in are extremely psychic, extremely aware, and extremely grounded in what they are here to do and how they are here to serve. And so if there are enough parents who are listening in a way and their own soul self has developed enough to not be playing out old timelines, parental structures, things that are archaic in those ways, it can be an amazing dance, an amazing partnership with your children, an amazing um, collaboration, yeah? And without ego, because you're not then thinking, well, then what am I teaching them or how are they and... You, you have the ability to navigate in each of those moments what's, what's meant to be shared and what's coming in to be received. It's a beautiful dance. And I think relationships themselves are like that. That it's, it's alive. They're alive relationships. So being that it's an alive relationship, you're not, there's, not a, there's not a script. I was going to swear right there. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my mouth. Um, there's not a script. So you only can respond to what's happening in the moment. And if you are connected with your soul self, yeah, your higher self is in alignment with your personality. You get to respond in each moment. And then, therefore, you really need not know anything before or after or what, you know, of how you literally... Your soul is speaking and operating in those ways. And I do think that our children are asking for that. So again, let me trace back a little bit. But for me, that seeing started very young. Um, I would have dreams. Um, I would see things even with my my mother who, um, with her religion and different things, was really freaked out about my energy and my being. Um, but there were things that I could see in her, her lineage, uh, ancestry, different things. Um, and I did shut it down for a little bit, but I'm still saying, again, I'm speaking now for starseeds. What I experience is not meant for the ones coming in now, especially to parents and the ones that are finding their way to me. Yeah. They're already saying, I need to, to know a different way. I would like to tune in a different way. I want to listen in a different way. And it is, it's exactly what their, their starseeds are asking for. And it's exactly what our world is asking for. It's not about the status quo. It's not about having a great job and here this is what it is. Because really, there's no problem with any of that. If everybody is operating from their soul self 
connecting with other sentient beings, whether it is your child or other human beings in real time, there is not a problem. We can, we can navigate all that is before us and the future is absolutely beautiful. Okay, so in this moment, I'm being asked to um, speak to some of my planetary grid work. Um, Or often I call it my underground railroad. (laughs) Because when I did leave my, you know, practice and life in the United States, and I traveled to Ghana, Ethiopia, South Africa, Indonesia, um, had a beautiful stint and uh, calling back to the United States and then traveling again to Spain, Morocco, Portugal, France, Crete, Cyprus. My underground railroad and my work as a midwife, as a seer, as a healing artist has always come from just you show up, you show up. I mean, if I arrive at a place and I'm, the plane is landing, I automatically start to feel in my own body and I start to see visions as far as what's going on in the collective. And then once I find um, home, for me, home is important. I do need a home base in which to operate from. I've done it in many circumstances where I was just moving, moving, moving and staying with different ones along that journey. Um, but I realized from my own energy fields, I need to be able to go out, go out into villages and places and I need to come in to my own energy field and to restore and refuel in in the ways that I know how to do. And that's um, typically alone earthbound, um, but alone. And there's been a lot of dream work as well. Um, often I would have dreams and I would see different ones, a Sangoma in South Africa. I remember having dreams with her months before, um, I met her. And then usually when I meet the ones that I meant to meet, they also confirm by their own dreams. Yeah, when they see me as soul to soul, you're meeting soul. Which is why I think I'm speaking to it too, because sometimes people think that it's like, oh, you're only going to find it in collective groups or if you're doing different things and workshops or things and there's a, you know, a collective mindset. I'm here to say that um, I've had the experience everywhere on this planet that that connection and that web, that um, it's like a Wi-Fi. It's operating at all times. And if you're listening and you are following the GPS that is aligned with you, and then the ones that are meant to connect with you, you align. And then the experiences that you're meant to have, how you're meant to serve in those places, um, 
even for, um, again, I always bring this back to parents too, because I'm working a lot with, um, with mothers who are pregnant with star seeds or who have, you know, different experiences that are coming through for them. They're having these visions and they're having these dreams and they can't quite make sense of them. But I'm urging you to, to follow it, to, to, activate the fool, the, that archetype, and to literally say, well, what else is possible? Maybe there's something to this. Instead of discounting that it's maybe just a dream or that means nothing and it was in, or it was in another land that is totally different from the land that you're from. There are star seeds that are coming through that are wanting con- to connect even through adoption, different things that mothers um, even the fathers as well. So I will not even do the separation of that and say it's just the mothers that are bringing through these visions. Sometimes the mothers are not the ones that are the most intuitive and connected. Sometimes the the father in that connection starts dreaming about this star seed way before um, the feminine. So I don't do any division in those polarities. But there is an importance in listening, in listening and following um, that spirit. And for me, some of the planetary grid work, um, when I arrive in certain countries, in certain lands, it is like a scavenger hunt. It is, to a degree, I, I meet the ones that I'm meant to meet. And yet, the land is in itself what calls me. And for me, I have been a solo practitioner in many ways that for me, the rituals and where I'm called to as far as countries and different spaces on the land, I tend to do that alone because in group settings, and I know there's many groups that do it, so I'm not speaking against that in any way when there are a group of of souls that feel you know, this collective energy and calling, and then they're meant to go to a certain spot on the land. Um, I think it's beautiful. My experience has been different than that. My experience has been, um, yeah, more of a solo journey where then I have no idea why I'm being called to a certain land. Well, people will say, well, why did you choose Ghana? Why did you choose here? I literally, I had no rhyme or reason. I was literally following my intuition. Now, if you're planning even with one person or a group, you kind of have to be a little bit cohesive in how those things are, are coming together. Um, when I arrived in Indonesia, when I came to Indonesia, I was seven moons pregnant with my son, uh, Blessing Masihi. And my, my intention, you know, my, my purpose, because I am a trance dance facilitator, I am, you know, even beyond trance in the United States, for me, it's, it's, it's indigenous, it's in my blood. Um, how I receive messages in spirit is literally going within and trancing and a lot of the the ones that I have apprenticed with and and found along the journey have also reminded me 
of those things, that that's a part of their nature and a part of how they gain their insights and wisdom. So it's through trance and movement. But when I came to Indonesia, um, my son was already born. So I think at this time, so we already left uh, Chandidasa. So that was like the first six months. And then we came to um, Ubud. Maybe he was nine months at the time because I did travel to see. I went to the north of Bali, uh, Tejakula, Pabuntaran. Um, different places to see where I was meant to land, where my home base would be. Because for me, again, like I said, it's very important for me to have a nest, for me to have a home base, even if I'm traveling. And I remember as far as planetary, uh, what I'm calling planetary grid work. Again, I'm speaking to it because there may be some out there that resonate with how things in these activations and things just happen without your knowing. So it wasn't my plan. But once we had um, settled in uh, Panastanan, I remember it was, I think, the, uh, the tsunami uh, 2004. I think I was in South Africa at the time when I heard this. The tsunami happened, Aceh. And... At the time, you know, so fast forward um, nine to ten months, and I'm in Ubud. I remember breastfeeding my son. And I, you know, there's a joke among friends of mine, like I am <laughs> the night shift, yeah? I tend to be up late in the night and things come through very clearly for me at those times but I remember all of these spirits and energies coming in which was brand new for me to see them physically I saw all of these bodies disembodied souls coming into the room and I remember when I, I felt the energies coming in I was like what the, what is this ha, you know and I looked immediately to my son and I saw as he was laying in the bed, because he was, you know, satiated with, he was milk, milk drunk and sleeping. And I remember, as soon as I felt the energy start to come in the room, without my awareness of how my energy looked to him, and I felt this casting of, of light around him to protect his field. Because, you know, again, there's a curiosity. I still will role with the fool archetype and say, so, okay, I'm willing to learn more. I'm open to learn more. But un until I know why the, there's these disembodied spirits coming in, uh, protecting his, his energy. And I realized in that, that the cultural conditioning and the belief in Bali is that if you haven't had a cremation, or or Indonesia maybe in general, maybe that was even beyond, you know, that. I can't even make so much sense of that. But the fact that there was these uh, disembodied souls looking for someone to help them cross over. That was the first time I had such a flood of people. Not just one person, not just one or two energies. It was floods for probably about three months um, coming in and asking to cross over to the Rainbow Bridge and having not had ceremony 
um, to release their spirits. Um, and I would do it through my voice. I would do it through singing. It was like on-the-job training. So for me, a lot of you in my work as a midwife, I apprenticed. I learned from ones who showed me what to do. Um, and in that, it was a natural instinct to, to, to clear and to hold space for the ones that were wanting to, to move. They felt trapped. So it's still, to me, is um, on some levels, uh, whatever your collective mindset is or belief, even when you leave your body, it doesn't necessarily just go into one. You can, you can carry those belief systems. You can, you know, you can even have ancestors, right? This is why I speak to many people. It's like call on your ancestors, but make sure that even in their own being, in their own um, levels, are they still ascending or are they still holding the same vibration of when they were on earth? And many of the ones that were coming through um, were not moving through to different dimensions. They were holding a vibration of what they knew on earth, and they knew that from the tsunami and the, the death in that way, and they had no, no funeral or rituals in a send-off, they felt trapped in that, which is, um, I still think, a, a beautiful teaching for ones um, on this earth plane now that at any moment, even your current thought, you know, thought patterns and beliefs, you can transcend it if you choose. But if you hold it, your power is, is immense. So you can stay there if you like as well. Um, but it was a beautiful experience. Um, intense. Yeah, I was up a lot. I mean, it's just constant different ones and moving and holding space for their energies to, to cross over. Um, but it that was a, that was like the biggest way for me after my son was born and realizing that different places that I was called to on the land and in different countries was not only because I wanted to be there, there was also something else and other energies that were calling me. And that was probably a really solid foundation. I remember doing some some work on eleven. Um, on uh, um, I don't want to say Basaki, but no, it's kind of blanking for me in this moment. But different points in the land. Um, and then that continued. That continued for me. And then dream weaving with ones. People would meet me and they would see my face or my energy and they'd say, I had this dream and something. And then for me, I would see if I re remembered them from my dream. And then it was kind of this confirmation that there was some work that we had to do together. So just speaking to some of the planetary grid work, um, I, I don't know, there's so many layers. I think there's more than one podcast for that, different countries of how, you know, there's, I think there's a sister of mine who said she wrote a beautiful poem. Um, and here's the, the energy of like, where did you come from? Where did you come from? And my response is, well, you called me from the voice of your dream. And here I am in your village. It's like a, a very real embodiment of that. And my path 
in what I speak of like a soldier's truth, a lot of the, the stories that are coming from the book. It's been that. It hasn't been scripted. It hasn't been planned. It hasn't been like, I'm going to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to spend 11 months in Morocco. But I did. But there's reasons why, but I live my way into them. There is not a plan. There is, and then being able to, this is why I speak to sometimes, if you do travel with others, make sure there is an alignment with your souls or an immense freedom to be able to to move in the way that you move because dual controls, you have two people, you don't always move in the same way. If I move even to this day, I'm in, in, in Germany in this now, but even when I move by myself and how I move and who I attract and how I attract and what that is, is totally different than if I add another person in that field and so it's very important especially if you're doing different rituals planetary grid work to be able to be open and listening listening in the ways that you're listening and and to be able to follow that because there is so much magic there is so many activations and things even when I speak of planetary grid work absolutely I was serving absolutely I was using my own body my own vessel my own voice my own temple to assist. But at the same time, as that was going on, I was receiving activations. I was receiving um, upgrades and, and things that I had never even comprehended and, and known about as a result of doing that work. So planetary grid work may mean something else to someone else, you know, maybe there is a term, you maybe you can Google it and see what it says. But um, I have been asked <laughs> to speak and to share through um, spoken words, some of the things that have been part of my experience, and little tidbits from a sojourner's truth. So I hope that sheds a little light on some of what my experience with uh, grid work has been. <laughs>